You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation? Welcome to the Locked On Saints podcast, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Thank you all so much for being here. And as always, welcome to our first time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. Hudat family, and welcome back to Locked On Saints. On today's episode, we are going to talk through the alphabet soup of roster designations, or at least some of them, the ones that are most important to you Saints fans, because that's what players have been designated so far this offseason. Sheldon Rankins, as expected, has been officially placed on the physically unable to perform list or the PUP list. But what the hell does that mean? And how does it differ from the non-football injury list, the did not report list, so on and so forth? I'll explain all of that. And then veterans report tomorrow. So we're closing out our 90-man roster review with special teams and then we'll wrap up with the Saints newest tryout player and who is all still available on free agency including a new addition that could make a big impact with the Saints final remaining roster spot we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints your team every day so as we all expected Sheldon Rankins got moved to the physically unable to perform list now he is on one of those two lists because this list essentially exists in two different areas at two different points of time and that's the biggest delineation one is available for the preseason, the other is available for the regular season. So let's talk a little bit about what the physically unable to perform list means specifically for Sheldon Rankins and in Sheldon Rankins case. And then I'll also talk to you about a few of the other roster designations that you've already seen the Saints use for other players such as Chase Hansen and Carl Granderson. So let's start off here with the physically unable to perform list. So I mentioned that one in terms of the big delineation, one is available for preseason, one version is available for regular season, a different version. The version that's available right now in the preseason is the active physically unable to perform list. That is the list that you use when you have a player that is injured and has not participated in any off-season workouts and will not be available before preseason, right, before the end of preseason. So you put them on the active, physically unable to perform list. The big thing about the active PUP list is that it does still take up a roster spot. So the Saints, instead of having 90 roster spots available plus Sheldon Rankins on the PUP list, they have 89 available plus the uh, Sheldon Rankins on the PUP list. So right now, they've got 88, basically, sitting on their roster, plus Sheldon Rankins, who takes up an 89. They have one roster spot still available to get them up to 90. Then the big change happens once the regular season begins. Once the regular season begins, he gets moved to the reserve PUP list. Now, the reserve PUP list does not take up a spot on the 53-man roster, so they'll be able to replace him and use, replace his roster spot, really. You're not going to replace all the ranks. But you'll be able to replace his roster spot and fill his roster spot while he's on the reserve PUP list. During that time, he has a six-week period where he is not allowed to participate in any practices and therefore not allowed to be on the field. So six weeks for sure he's out of commission, right? After that six weeks, the Saints then, or by the end of week six, let's say it that way, the Saints then have until week 11 to get him back in practice. If they can't get him back in practice before week 11, they either have to cut him, which is not going to happen, or they put him on season-ending 
injury reserve. He goes to the IR for the rest of the season, and then he's back the following season. So that's sort of the big timeline that you're looking at right now for uh, Sheldon Rankins is somewhere between week seven hitting the field to week 11 hitting the field. That's kind of the, the sweet spot in terms of getting him back, which makes sense with what we've said before. We've talked about it here on the podcast a lot, that it's probably not going to be until after the bye week, which would be week after week nine. I would imagine that we're going to see him. And so with that being the case, we're still pretty much on par for what it is that we expected in terms of his return to the field. So that's the active and reserve physically unable to perform list. Let's jump over to a couple of the other lists as well that you've heard mentioned. So let's start then with the non-football injury list or the NFI list. This is basically a list that includes injuries that happen away from the football field and away from the practice field. And beyond that, away from the NFL football field and away from the NFL practice field. A drafted rookie that comes in with an injury but isn't able to participate after the draft process through offseason workouts and training camp can be put on the NFI list. The biggest difference between the NFI list and the PUP list is that you don't actually have to pay a player that's on an NFI list because he doesn't accrue games. So that also means that even if he gets placed on the NFI list during the preseason, unlike the active physically unable to perform list that Sheldon Rankins was put on, he won't take up a roster spot. So uh, Chase Hansen, who was an undrafted rookie signing by the Saints linebacker from Utah, ended up on the reserve slash NFI list and therefore does not take up a 90-man roster spot, but instead essentially gets a redshirt season because the Saints can, can essentially bring him back to the active roster or sign him, basically, make him because he would essentially be acting as a free agent, and then sign him as soon as he's medically cleared, or essentially he stays with the team on the reserve NFI list throughout the offseason, I'm sorry, throughout the range of the season, and then they would get another stab at him in free agency the next year if they can keep him and get him to sign with them. So that's basically the breakdown for the NFI list. The biggest designation there is that you can be cleared medically and then brought on from the NFI list or signed from the NFI list, or or rather, and you don't take up a roster spot. Biggest thing with all of that is that it's for an injury that takes away takes place away from an NFL football field or practice field. Let's jump now to the final list that we'll talk about today, because it's really the last list that the Saints have used so far, and that's the did not report list, the DNR list, which does not mean uh, do not resuscitate. In this instance, it is did not report. So for this instance, this was used for Carl Granderson after he was sentenced to six months jail with a year following a probation. Clearly, it's tough to report to practice and report to training camp if you're in jail. So that makes it a little hard for you to show up. Uh, So that's when the Saints put him on that list was after rookies were supposed to report on the 18th. They then put him on the did not report list. So he's designated there and he's designated as reserve did not report. He does not count against the 90 man roster. Uh, He is somebody that essentially the Saints will get a stab at in 2020 if they would like. And then also the big thing is that it's kind of an accounting thing, right? So for the Saints, this means that they can recoup some of the money that they guaranteed him and that they gave him with his signing bonus. So this could be one of two things. And I've been very critical of the Saints using the did not report list for him as opposed to just cutting him. But they may be, they may actually have a reason here. And the reason would be to go ahead and bring him in, put him on that did not report list, recoup the money from his signing bonus. And then once that process is done, then cut him as opposed to cutting him and losing that money. They could actually recoup some of that signing bonus back first and then 
cut ties with them. So we'll see exactly what it is that happens with that, if they even want to recoup any of that money, or if it really is just kind of using it as a red shirt season because they can't put him on the non-football injury list to keep him around on reserve because of the fact that he's not actually injured. And the fact is that he strict, he simply did not report. So they could get some of that money back. Maybe they will, and then they'll cut him loose or they'll get some of the money back and then hold on to him to see if they're going to be able to get him back next season. We'll see what it is that they do, or they might try to operate under good faith, uh, have him not not take any of that money back from him and then just have him ride as a redshirt season while he's in jail, which is one of those things that would just be very disappointing uh, is what I'll say. But I, I'm kind of tired of talking about Carl Grandison. But I did want to put that out there that there may actually be a rhyme or a reason to them choosing to put him on that did not report list as they can recoup some of the funds that they promised him with his signing bonus. So those are the three big injury designations that you've heard already. Y'all already know a lot about injured reserve. If we get to that point or when we get to that point in the season to where more teams are putting players in injury reserve. We'll cover that a little more, but I wanted to specifically break down DNR, NFI, and PUP since those are the three that the Saints have used to designate players so far already this offseason. All right, so coming up next, we're going to wrap up our 90-man roster review, taking a look at special teams, but first, let's talk a little bit about sex, good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance in the bedroom and get all that extra confidence that you need. Listen up, it's bluechew.com. That's right, blue, like the color blue. Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients is Viagra and Cialis so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now this isn't just for guys that can't perform, it's for any guy who wants some extra function to help enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct their cheap than a pharmacy and right now we've got a special deal just for our listeners here visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n just pay five dollars in shipping again that's b-l-u-e-chew.com promo code locked on to try it for free bluechew is the better cheaper and faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast all right, Huda Nation, we are going to wrap up our 90-man training camp roster review. Uh, here the day before veterans report to training camp on Thursday, and training camp gets underway officially on Friday the 26th. Jumping into special teams here, we know the main guys, right? We know the guys that are going to be here in terms of punter, kicker. There's no competition in camp for them right now. Thomas Morstead is your punter. Will Lutz is your place kicker. That's not changing. There's no competition for them in camp. Even if there was, wouldn't actually be competition. It'd be bodies. That's pretty much it. And I mean, that's nice because you don't have an extra punter or an extra kicker taking up two roster spots. They're able to use those roster spots elsewhere to create more competition at other parts of the field. So you know that these guys are, are there and that they're set. Thomas Morstead was was outstanding last season, even though there were a couple of games where we didn't even see him as a punter. We only saw him come out on the field as a holder. He was sleeping in the locker room, taking photos and stuff like that, having fun. Uh, Will Lutz, of course, was outstanding last season as well, only missing one kick with less than 50 yards last year and only missing one extra point. Both of those guys, very solid, and it's very nice to have that kicker that you can rely on here in New Orleans because we spent so long having sort of that revolving door of kickers in the Sean Payton era. So this is very nice to be able to say Thomas Moore said Will Lutz, 
all set, all done. Then it feels like every year we're talking about a new long snapper that's come in and is, you know, competing and, and all of that. So Zach Wood is somebody that has been here the last couple of seasons with the Saints. He's been a solid long snapper. No issues there. He's somebody to where, you know, if you don't hear his name and you don't hear about him, then he's doing a good job. And that's, he's been consistent and that's what he's been. Don't see a lot of those errant snaps on punts, errant snaps on kicks and, uh, and, and extra points and things like that. So he's been very, very solid. The Saints also brought in undrafted rookie Nick Moore, who was the long snapper for the Georgia Bulldogs in 2018. He was one of the, I think it was three, uh, yeah, three winners of the special team's most improved player award for the team's postseason. So that was pretty cool. So, you know, he's got a little bit of uh, an, an acknowledgement from his college as he comes into the NFL as a great special teams player. And so he was recognized for that. He also spent a few, I think it was three games uh, in 2017 playing as a long snapper as well, or maybe just a punt snapper. I think he was only doing punt snapping at that time. So he's got the college experience and he played in a good program with Georgia and one that emphasizes, you know, uh, offensive line play. So that's a, a good sign. But, you know, he's got to be somebody that's going to essentially come in and be somebody that works with the second team or then ends up working it. Well, it's not really going to be a second team because of the fact that you don't have a second punter or a second kicker. So he'll get some shots in there, but uh, definitely not somebody that I see really rattling the cage for Zach Wood. Now, that essentially covers all 89 of the players that are currently on this roster. Sheldon Rankins, of course, on that physically unable to perform list. He does take up a roster spot, and the Saints still have one roster spot open after moving Carl Granderson to the did not report list. So with that being the case, we can talk a little bit here about punt returner, kick returner, and what's going on there. And we'll also jump into gunner here too, because that's a position that I want to talk about and one name in particular that I want to talk about here. So we've got one name at each of these positions that I want to discuss. We've talked a lot about Marcus Sherrills. Marcus Sherrills being the guy that the Saints signed from the Minnesota Vikings to be a return specialist. According to Larry Holder, and I heard him talking on Chris Gordy's show over at Sports 1280, it's still Marcus Sherrills at both return positions, punt return and kick returner, and then the rest of the group. So that's good to here. They spent the money to bring him in. Not a ton of money, but they spent the money to bring him in, and it looks like it's paying off. Eventually, soon, as training camp gets started on Friday, we'll actually get to see some of those spoils. The other guys that are going to challenge for that, of course, are Cyril Grayson, who I'm going to talk about again here in a moment. And then, of course, Deontay Harris, who you've heard me talk about before. 14 combined kick and punt return touchdowns, all division record for that in the NCAA. Uh, so we'll see what happens in terms of what that competition is. Matt Days is another guy that you know is, is a possible returner over there as well. Well, he was brought in as somebody to essentially compete for that third running back position because of his special teams ability, as well as his, you know, as well as his presence as a running back when they need him, essentially as a, a mop up kind of guy like what Dwayne Washington did last season. Now, we need to jump into another position here that doesn't get talked about often, and it's the gunner position. And for the Saints, it's very important because the Saints do a really amazing job at covering punts. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they only allowed 60 punt return yards last year, which is just insane. And so with that being the case, you've seen Justin Hardy. You've seen Chris Banjo there. Chris Banjo did miss some time in OTAs this offseason, but we'll hopefully be able to see him a little bit more come training camp. But there's another guy out there that's actually been playing pretty well as a gunner during rookie minis, OTAs, minicamp, all of that. And that is, again, Cyril Grayson. So when it comes to him, and I know some people say Cyril or Cyril. I, I know him as Cyril. I, I'll have to listen to, uh, I haven't gotten the chance to listen to Rick Sincere's interview with him yet. That'll probably clear it up. So if I'm saying his name wrong, I apologize. But, but Grayson uh, is somebody that has gotten some shots so far 
far throughout the offseason workouts and minicamps. So that's something that he's able to show as a part of his repertoire and a part of what he can bring to this team as a player. That's going to continue to make that argument for him as somebody that makes that wide receiver roster, especially if the Saints decide to keep six wide receivers. That's going to be very helpful because he'll be somebody that is a deep threat for the Saints. He'll be somebody that is a good returner option and then also plays great special teams. So he's definitely somebody to keep an eye out on when it comes to covering punts in the in, in once training camp gets started. And then the other person that I'll talk about too is Buck Allen. Now, Buck Allen isn't somebody that's proven before that he is a great special teams player, but he'll need to show that if he just, you know, if he wants to stick around as that third running back. Y'all know he's got my vote as a third running back just based on his offensive um, uh, abilities as a receiver and as a, and as a running back. But that third running back role for the Saints with look, just look back last year at Dwayne Washington is really somebody that they value as a special teamer as well. So Buck Allen is going to have to prove that he has that in his game in order to stick at the third running back position. So, all right. So that does it for our 90 man roster. Again, as the Saints continue to add players, depending on who they add or if they even add somebody to fill out the 90 man roster, we'll talk about who that is, any other changes, things like that. But if they decide to bring somebody in, I got a couple names that you might be interested in here in the next segment. And that's where we're going next is talking about what free agents are out there and who the newest tryout player has been for the Saints. I got that for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, family, we are wrapping up today's show, taking a look at the newest tryout player that the Saints brought in on a tryout basis yesterday, as well as a few of the uh, free agents that are out there, including a new addition that could actually be a big impact for the Saints' final remaining roster spot. So let's jump into the tryout first. I got this from John Sigler over at Saints Wire, a good friend of the show. You've heard him here many times, a good friend of mine. So he talked about how the Saints brought in Deshaun Shedd, former cornerback of the Seattle Seahawks, used to play opposite Richard Sherman over in Seattle, and then also played with the Detroit Lions last season. So I went back and I looked at some of his film and he's been okay. I mean, he was great when he played, not great. He was really good when he played opposite Richard Sherman in Seattle, when he played on the outside, when they brought him in at Detroit, he played a lot in the nickel or on guarding tight ends in particular. So he was guarding tight ends in the slot and in sort of in line a lot uh, and really just kind of got bullied off the line. But one thing that I like about him is that he really goes after the ball when he makes a tackle. He forced a few fumbles last season, and he's kind of done that throughout his career. He's somebody that really goes after stripping the ball, which is good because, you know, that can be game-breaking plays right there. That's huge. And so that's the big thing that I'm looking at with him, but I don't really see him as somebody that's going to potentially land a roster spot. They've got uh, Kayvon Webster. Ken Crawley's not going to make this roster, but they've got him, and I just don't really see where even if they did sign Deshaun Shedd, I have trouble finding where he's going to fit with Marcus Sherrill's very likely making the roster as the return man with uh, Justin Hardy sticking on the roster because of the fact that he's going to be a special teamer. Then you've got your three starters at, you know, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Eli Apple, Patrick Robinson, PJ Williams is going to be in the mix there as a depth player as well, or whoever it is that doesn't end up starting in the nickel, either him or P-Rob. And then you've got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And that's already seven names right there. And I can't figure out where somebody like Deshaun Shedd would fit in. So it was, you know, he brought him in on a tryout process, on, on a tryout basis. He didn't get signed by the end of the day. I don't think that we'll see him in the black and gold, but definitely something to continue to track as the Saints continue to bring in some of those tryout players to try to fill out that 80 or that 90th spot. The big news from today in the NFL is that the Packers released longtime defensive tackle Mike Daniels. Now, Mike Daniels is somebody that is a little bit more of a pass rushing presence of a defensive tackle than a run stopping defensive tackle. Last year with Pro Football Focus, he ranked a 78.5 pass rushing grade, which was 
better than Sheldon Rankin's, I think, 70.8, 70 point something uh, pass rush grade from the interior throughout the season. And Sheldon Rankin's had an outstanding season. Now, Mike Daniels deals with a lot of injuries. He's dealt with a lot of injuries. He had a foot injury. He's 30 years old and, all, and everything. But, he, you know, when you were talking about him coming in and playing with the Saints as, as a possibility, which, of course, you know, he's a free agent. So everybody's jumping to, oh, should he sign with the Saints? The Saints should sign him, things like that. And even I a little bit feel like they should give him a shot. But I feel like he's going to end up in New England or or not Chicago, uh, uh, Cleveland, because they sort of lost out on the Gerald McCoy sweepstakes. He did say he wants to go to a Super Bowl contender. So either one of those teams could be a viable option. The Patriots would make more sense than the Browns. But either one of those teams would be a good option for Mike Daniels if he wants, you know, if, if he can work out a deal with either one of those guys. But when you look at some of the names that are still out there, and this is the part that trips me out a little bit, is that there are still some really great names out there. You've heard me talk a lot about Nick Perry recently as a, as a viable edge rusher. Corey Lugent is still out there, form, a defensive tackle formerly of the Los Angeles Chargers. You've got Trey Boston still out there. You've got Eric uh, Eric Berry still out there. You've got a lot of names. That is, uh, Mo, Mo Muhammad Wilkerson, which, of course, he dealt with some big injuries in, in the recent past. And that's probably why he's not somebody that teams are jumping at. But there are still a lot of viable candidates out there for the Saints to bring in at least just for training camp. I mean, you bring Eric Berry in and you let him mentor your safeties for training camp in the preseason, and what's the loss? What's the real loss there? Now, some of this could have to do with the fact that the Saints are still trying to figure out what this contract situation is going to be with, or this contract extension situation is going to be with Michael Thomas. But definitely you can look around the scope or the landscape of the NFL free agency uh, sort of area, and you can see that there are still some guys out there that can very much impact the Saints during the training camp and preseason period, even if you only want to go that far with them with that final 90th roster spot. And I love that the Saints are being very careful. They haven't filled it out. They haven't filled it immediately. They're, you know, they're hosting players on tryout bases. I'm sure that they're doing all of their research and everything as well. So it's nice to see them sort of taking their time and being careful with what they choose to do with that final 90th spot, because there are some viable players out there that could make an immediate impact for the Saints and for the younger Saints players as well heading into the season. All right, y'all, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Saints. Make sure you come back tomorrow. It's going to be another fun one. We've got mailbag questions from the Locked on Saints Facebook group. So if you want to throw your questions in and then hear your questions answered here on the podcast, make sure you join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash locked on saints and i'm also going to use a little bit of the extra time that i might have to go ahead and start getting you ready for training camp if not then on friday's episode for sure we'll use it as a primer make sure you have all the storylines all the battles that you need to know about for training camp as things get underway and then starting next week we're just covering training camp hearing from guests and then finishing up our list as well that we started with our top five games of 2009 of 2018 and then of course we're going to continue to talk about your favorite moments throughout saints history so thank you as always for joining me and thank Thank you, as always, so much for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. Be sure to subscribe if you're not already. And especially if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for being here. Hit that subscribe button. Make sure you tune in every single Monday through Friday. Drop that five-star review, which will also enter you in my giveaway of the two big three tickets on August 25th. So you can go and see the big three playoffs live. Thank you so much for all of your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust to that Nation. Ah, oh, legend.